You're listening to the DET 313 NFL Podcast with your host, Nick Donabedian. Oh yeah, welcome back to the DET 313 NFL Podcast, episode 5. Five episodes in already, but... I'll be honest, I have not done a ton of research heading into this episode. Um, Busy week this week with work and excited for the Chicago Marathon this weekend. Uh, My girlfriend Laura is participating. She's running in it. Her whole family's coming in town, picking up Mr. and Mrs. Hooth tomorrow at the airport. Sabrina's already in town, seeing Audrey, Nick, all the friends. So lots going on. Haven't had a chance, like I said, to dive too much into the Lions, but had to get an episode out nonetheless. And today we're going to talk about, obviously... Uh, I think the worst game so far for the Lions this season. Um, last week, playing here in Chicago, losing 24-14 to to a Bears team that I, I thought, I think a lot of people thought going into it, you know what, we have a chance to win this game. This is a game that we feel comfortable and confident that we can come in here and, and get a dub. And, and quite frankly, we just looked bad. Everybody looked bad. I think everyone, for the most part, regressed week over week. Um, some players had their worst game, like I said, arguably all season. Um, and really, it starts with the red zone, man. And that first half was just, I could tell it was going to be one of those same old Lions games. It was just evident early. Um, three trips to the red zone, uh, and honestly, within 10 yards. So you're at the 10-yard line. <laughs> and, and you get zero points. Zero points in three trips to the red zone within 10 yards of scoring a touchdown. I mean, two turnovers, the first fumble, man. I mean, Ragnow snaps it off golf shoulder, ball pops up in the air, Chicago you know, catches it, turnover right there. The other fumble, too, great play on the edge. Penny Sewell, man, I, oof. this is the first game he looked like a rookie. Um, I know I've been singing praises for him since kind of week one, but this week he was consistently looking like he's getting beat on the edge, looked out of place, footwork wasn't great. Um, like I said, got beat, and that was another fumble in the red zone there. Uh, and then the failed fourth down conversion, man. And, and that's been, I think, something that's been picked up on uh, definitely locally as well as nationally is this team's been really aggressive under Dan Campbell on fourth downs. Extremely aggressive. And at first, first couple games, uh, I'm into it. You know, this team isn't good. We have, you know, not a lot to play for in terms of kind of where we're going this year. Um, I'm all for trying to be aggressive, trying to get, you know, scores, not just field goals, but punch in, you know, a true TD. Um, That being said, it's it's become really evident uh, to me and I think a lot of other people that um, we got to, you know, pump the brakes to some of these fourth down calls. You just... You look back at some of the last couple of games and you think to yourself, you know what? And it's easier said in hindsight, of course. But if we would have just taken three there or just, you know, chipped away and got a couple points here and there, um, potentially the outcome of the game is just either closer or you're giving yourself a better chance to win. Uh, and there's a perfect example, you know, here this week against Chicago. Um, you're down 10. You're driving late in the game. I know within, I believe, again, once again, they're 10-yard line or so, the Bears – um, again, clock is now a huge factor in the fourth quarter. You, you kick the field goal there, take three, one possession game, potentially get the ball back with about a minute to go like we would have if we wouldn't have hopped off sides um, on fourth down and the game there. But, you know, looking back at it, again, if, if you take that route, yes, it's conservative. 
but you're probably giving yourself the best chance to win versus, you know, going four and forth, not getting it. And then even if we did got the ball back, it two possession game with a minute to go, um, game's over. So I know Dan Campbell acknowledged that this week in his press conferences, which I think is a, is a good sign. At least he's learning from it. And, and, you know, to quote him, he's basically called out the team saying, you know what, right now we're just not good enough to go four and fourth downs. Um, and he's right. There's been no indicator so far through four games that this team has what it takes to be consistently efficient offensively and have the playmakers to make the big plays when you need them. And that's telling to me. Um, when we talk about this roster, it's it's not good, right? It's going to take a while for this thing to truly come together, probably a couple of years, a couple of drafts, especially, you know, you got to draft well. Um, so Brad Holmes, you know, a lot of pressure on him uh, the next two drafts in particular with the extra first-round picks from the Rams. But, you know, this this roster is just not good enough right now. Dan Campbell is correct about that. And I'm glad he acknowledged it. I'm glad he's taking a step back and hopefully being a little bit more conservative moving forward, uh, especially in the upcoming weeks as this team desperately needs a win. Only us and the Jacksonville Jaguars are, you know, winless at this point four weeks in. Um, and, man, Jacksonville, this whole Urban Meyer situation this past week was just – bananas to me um you know quickly to talk about it to see him after a football game that his team lost you know they played Cincinnati at Cincinnati um obviously his whole family for the most part is still in the great state of Ohio um but they lose to Cincinnati Urban Meyer sides which I've never heard of before not to fly back on a team playing with his players and coaching staff you know back to Jacksonville after the loss instead decides to stay in Ohio to quote unquote you know see the family see the grandkids um, but then video surface of him at a local bar in Columbus with it looked like some type of college co-ed dancing up on him. Um, and he also did a couple other things in that video too. I don't really want to talk too much about, but needless to say, not a good look for Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, that is probably right now the only team in a worse, I guess, situation than the Lions. Um, I guess, man, again, both of us haven't won a game, but at least I think our coaching staff uh, knows where we're at and is trying to get us going in the right direction in terms of the rebuild process versus uh, I just feel like the Jags with Urban Meyer are just a mess. But get back to the Lions um, and, again, the loss of the Chicago Bears. Um, you know, Dan Campbell, like I said, he said it. We're just not good enough team right now. And the two things that, that became clear to me uh, coming out of this week, besides, yes, you're right, Dan, we, we are not good enough right now to be as aggressive as, as we had been on, on those fourth down play calls. But um, number one is golf is not, he's not the answer at QB. You know, I, I talked about the scale of Goffle to Gossam. Um, Goff is, it's clear he's, he's a middle of the pack quarterback who can help manage games, but he simply cannot make the game changing, you know, game deciding throws. That has been a consistent takeaway for me in basically every game we played this year. I mean, how many times have we watched him against the Bears, right? The, the 49ers, the – shoot, who am I just thinking about the other – uh, Baltimore, where it's like – or not Baltimore, sorry, Green Bay, and a couple, you know, fourth down calls there too. It's where it's like, you know, these throws are there for him to make. The guys have enough separation, whether it be a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end. Um, and we're not asking him usually to bomb the ball down the field either. We're talking about maybe five-yard, 10-yard 10, 10 outs, digs, slants. And consistently, he's just not quite making the throw. 
you know, might hit the guy's hands, but the guys are diving for it, or the ball's too low, or they're a little bit behind the receiver. He, he's not going to win you games, Jared Goff. And, and because he's not going to win you games, he is truly what we all thought he was, which is a quarterback that's going to be here for a couple of years, bridge a gap between who finds someone we truly believe in, and uh, then he'll be gone. That's that's evident to me, you know, four games into his you know, tenure with the Lions. So that's obvious. And, and I will say, too, talking about quarterbacks, it, already, <laughs> as most Lions fans do, uh, looking ahead towards the draft already, um, not a great draft for quarterbacks upcoming in 2022. Uh, Spencer Rattler, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Um, you know, Howell, uh, North Carolina, that whole team just doesn't look the same with the lack of talent at, at the wide, re- wide receiver position, but especially at the QB position as well. I'm sure he'll still get, obviously, looks probably first round, maybe second round if things continue the way they're looking for, for North Carolina. Um, there's a couple guys, too, out there, you know, the Nevada quarterback, Cincinnati's quarterback, uh, and a few others. But the only guy to me that I would just encourage everyone to start paying attention to, maybe watch a little bit of his game film, especially because you don't see a lot of his games uh, on TV because he plays for Liberty, but uh, Malik Willis. I think when it's all said and done, when it comes to draft day next year, Malik Willis will be the number one overall pick, and and rightfully so. Um, he plays the position. He's a QB. It's obviously highly praised, highly sought after by any team in need of a franchise quarterback. Um, but also, he has a skill set that I think makes him more dynamic than anyone else in terms of the prospects uh, at the quarterback position um, next year. He's mobile. I mean, the guy can run. Like, I would kind of compare him to Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson. Maybe not as shifty as Lamar Jackson, but definitely has the wheels um, to, again, burst one out in, into the open and just kind of take it to the house. Um, Throwing-wise, I think his mechanics have looked much better this year than last year. He's making also not as many of the same mistakes as we saw in 2020 than we're seeing in 2021. So he's definitely growing in terms of his um, ability to read defenses uh, and make the right decisions. And his arm, man. I mean, watch this guy play a game. He has a cannon of a right arm. And I think he has all the tools to be a quarterback in the NFL and to be a a really good franchise quarterback in the NFL. Obviously, the question marks are, one, he is playing at a smaller division in terms of kind of competition, playing at Liberty. And two, he still has a lot of, I think, mechanical things he can tweak to make himself a little bit more efficient, especially when it comes to throwing the rock. But he's a guy who I actually am pretty high on as of right now. And I think if we're going to take a quarterback next year and move on from golf, um, Malik's probably the guy I would prefer us to take. And I think it would be even beneficial to have him sit one year behind golf. And, and like I said, the bridge will be golf. Two years of golf, I think is perfect for just trying to figure out the quarterback situation. Three might be realistic with golf's contract and where, you know, Brad Holmes is kind of looking at things, but I think two is ideal. Um, but anyways, the Lions, the other thing that's really clear to me is injuries is going to make this team even worse than we we thought. Um, they're starting to stack up left and right. I mean, obviously we know about Jeff Okuda losing him to his torn ACL earlier in the season. Uh, Trey Flowers, who has been starting to practice again, participate a little bit more during the week, uh, but he's still dealing with shoulder and knee injuries. And then, I mean, two huge losses for this team coming out of uh, the game at Chicago. Um, Romeo Quora easily our best pass rusher, um, out for the season with a torn Achilles. I mean, it's going to give opportunities to guys. I mean, Julian Okora, his brother, Austin Bryant, 
Um, anyone else you want to put on the outside linebacker position on the edge. Uh, definitely could give a lot of opportunities to some of the younger players with him out, but that's a huge blow to the Lions losing Romeo. Uh, and then Frank Ragnow, man. Like, I know he had his bad snap earlier in the game. We touched on in terms of that turnover, but turf toe out at least three weeks. And, and what's scary to me about turf toe is you really don't know how long that's going to take the heel up. Um, we say three weeks right now because he's on IR. Naturally, because we're put on IR, you have to sit out at minimum three weeks. But I don't know. Like, he's a top three center in the NFL. And he's, like, you know, really the, I think, the the engine that gets that offensive line going in the right direction. And that's supposed to be our strength. And, and with him not playing, you know, Evan Brown played well. He did. He, replacing Frank Ragnow early in, in the game. But um, definitely two major blows at this team losing both Romeo and, and Frank. Uh, I will say this. It's going to be an issue in terms of our depth. We already had, you know, obviously lack depth in so many positions, but I don't think it's necessarily a problem that we're losing these guys at injury. And, and hear me out on this. Yes, we're going to lose more games with, with less talent. And we already had a lack of talent everywhere, which we've you know touched on so many times four weeks into the season. But I think the biggest thing for me, why it's not a quote-unquote problem for the Lions is, Aren't we trying to get a top five pick at this point? Top, you know, three pick? <laughs> I mean, this team we already knew was bad going into the season looking at the roster, but losing our best players at other positions, it's going to give, like I said, younger guys a chance to prove themselves. We'll have a better idea of who's staying, who's going in terms of the roster heading into 2022 and giving us opportunity to, again, secure the best potential pick we can, knowing that, let's be honest, this team's not going to make the playoffs. This team isn't going to do, you know, make any noise in 2021. It's not a problem that we're losing these guys. It, it's a problem if the injuries you know, linger into next season. But you know, losing these guys for a couple of weeks or for the season, it stinks to see them go. We never want to see them get hurt. But you know, looking towards the future, um, not necessarily the worst thing possible for us getting the best draft pick possible. So that's my two cents on the injuries. Uh, like I said, Chicago game, man. Just brutal to watch. I, Nothing really more to talk about when it comes to that game. Just uh, just a lost opportunity, in my opinion. And, and it was a same old Lions game for me. And I haven't said that about any of the three games prior to this one, but the mistakes that happened, the just lack of urgency, and it was the same old Lions game. And hopefully you don't see more of those. You know, the team just got to put it behind them and move on, which I know the coaches have been preaching all week. But um, we'll see when we you know go to Minnesota and visit another divisional rival at their place to start the season. But a couple other things before we talk about uh, Detroit visiting, like I said, Minnesota this week. Um, two big-name players, uh, quote-unquote, released by the respected teams earlier uh, last couple of days. Stephon Gilmore, released by New England, couldn't find a way to restructure his deal or get a, a deal done. Um, looked like he was going to be, again, releasing a, a free agent to kind of sign where he wanted to, but... I never understand this stuff. The NFL, I guess he wasn't officially released until 4 p.m. So teams, even though they knew he was about to be released, could still come in and make a trade. And the next thing you know, Carolina swoops in and, and makes a trade with New England to get uh, Gilmore over there playing for the Panthers. Um, and honestly, Carolina, if, if, no one, if you haven't watched Carolina yet this year, watch them. Everything we thought about, uh, just that offense with Matt Rule, Joe Brady, um, it's starting to really click with Sam Darnold there in Carolina and DJ Moore. And I know, you know, Christian McCaffrey hasn't really been able to stay healthy, but the offense is looking like that LSU offense we saw a couple years ago with Joe Burrow under center. So 
Take a look at Carolina. I love the pickup for them, getting Stephon Gilmore. And then Jalen Smith from Dallas. Uh, you know, biggest thing there is with Jalen Smith is obviously his injury history, but also Dallas's defense, man, and that linebacker core just they're stacked right now. And, and Micah Parsons could potentially be, in my opinion, the best pick coming out of this draft. Um, I know we talked about Trevor Lawrence and we talk about all the quarterbacks all the time, and I'm still very high on Penny Sewell. But looking back at it, already four games in, Micah Parsons is, is a game changer at middle linebacker. He is all over the place, gets to the quarterback makes plays, he is just a freak. So them releasing Jalen Smith, you know, hearing a lot of Dallas fans talk about it these weeks, sounds like it was inevitable. They're hoping to be able to trade him, but couldn't find a trade partner, so they released him. And then who signs him? None other than, of course, Green Bay Packers, uh, a nice divisional rival of ours. Um, and they needed him. You know, that defense had some holes in it over at Green Bay, and linebacker was a, was a big position group that needed, you know, some help. So good fit for him going there, and... Um, the reason why I'm bringing this up is I know a lot of Detroit Lions fans on the web, on the internet, talked about how, oh, we should go get Gilmore. We should go get Jalen Smith. I hear you. You know, if we were to get either of those guys, it's an upgrade at both of those position groups. Both would be starting. Our team would be better because we have more talent if we signed either of them. That being said, kind of similar to the whole injury situation I was just talking about, I get why we didn't pursue either of them. Or if we, you know, weren't the choice for either of those players we're rebuilding. Why would we want to add somebody who is, yes, they would come in and help, you know, maybe the locker room in terms of just experience, but where we're at in the rebuild and we need to kind of, you know, bottom out before we start building this thing up. And this is the year to bottom out 2021. It's evident to me and evident hopefully to you that this is the year to just, we're going to be bad. We're going to figure out where we need to go. You don't sign guys like that. You don't sign, you know, Gilmore's or, or Jalen Smith. And it's just, just want to let the Lions fans know in case they're kind of ticked off that, you know, we didn't sign any of those guys. Again, they would have been upgrades. I understand that. But right now, it's just about playing who we have, playing the, playing the young guys, understanding who's, you know, worth keeping, and then building it from there. So I'm not disappointed, not pissed off that we didn't sign either of them or, you know, weren't really in, you know, major national conversations around either of those guys after they're quote-unquote released. Um, but anyways... We'll just deal with the roster we have, and I know it's not pretty, but it's what we have to deal with this year. Um, and with that, jump into this week's matchup. Um, Detroit going to Minnesota. Noon game here, uh, Central Time. So 1 uh, p.m. Eastern Time kickoff for everyone back home in Detroit. Um, spread the start the game as of today, uh, Thursday, October 7th. Minnesota is minus 9.5 according to FanDuel. Uh, and I think that's about right. Um, I really do. Uh, it's going to be tough for us to, I think, go into, again, on the road, play a divisional team. And that's one thing that I just think is screwy to me. And you can look at it both ways, right? But isn't it odd that the NFL had us play Green Bay, Chicago, and Minnesota all away to start the season? It's just, I don't know. It's just kind <laughs> of... It's kind of funky to me. And you could, you know, I can throw that back and be like, hey, but guess what? Then the end of the year, you get all three divisional games at home. That's true. I, I personally would have liked to have a couple more at home. I think it gives us the best chance to kind of get our first win or get a couple wins under our belt. I think, you know, Chicago was so beatable last week and we just fell flat on our face. But, you know, Minnesota playing at Minnesota, I just don't see us winning this game. Um, I think Minnesota is the best one in three <laughs> 
team in the NFL right now. I mean, they had some just nail biters of losses uh, starting week one, right? I think they lost in overtime, I want to say, to Cincinnati. Um, and they have a couple other ones, a, a tough loss against Arizona. Um, didn't look great last week against Cleveland. Um, but, you know, again, they're, they're better than us. And, and they've shown they're better than us, even though their record is only, you know, one win more than ours. I, I like the spread of one of 9.5. I, I would take Minnesota with that spread. I think the final score here will be Minnesota 34, Detroit 24. Um, and the biggest reason for me is just Minnesota's offense, man. We're banged up defensively. You know, Flowers hopefully plays, but Okora's out in terms of Romeo Okora. Um, linebackers are still young. You know, Jamie Collins, <laughs> where does he go? Of course, you know, falling back to New England, you know, the one place that seems to always want him. Uh, our linebackers, like I said, though, are, are young or just in over their head a little bit in terms of how many snaps they're getting. Uh, the secondary is banged up. Uh, I mean, Kirk Cousins, say what you will about him and his stance on, you know, COVID and the vaccine, and I'm not here to, you know, talk about that, but when he has time in the pocket, and, you know, he had a bad game against Cleveland for sure, but before that, I mean, he was arguably a top five QB in the league, playing like it. Look at his stats. I mean, the guy was on fire even though they were losing games, and I think he's going to kind of show that again against Detroit, especially when we have our young secondary trying to cover, you know, Jefferson, Thielen, Oh, man. I, I think that they're just going to throw against us all day. You know, and if they get a run game going, I don't know if Dalvin Cook is supposed to play or not. But um, either way, I don't really care who the running back is. I anticipate them, you know, still having a decent game at least against our rush defense. Um, yeah, I just don't think we have any answers for their offense, especially with it being at Minnesota. And I, I think the only way the Lions have a chance to somehow sneak out a win here would be one guys elevate their game. <laughs> I mean, it's an obvious one, but like we need guys to start stepping up and making more plays, both offensively and defensively. But number two, man, like this offense, we gotta figure something out. It it just and maybe Jared Goff is the problem. I don't want to put it solely on him. I mean, Khalif Raymond's looks out. I, I like him in terms of what he's been able to do the last couple weeks in particular. I think he's starting to establish himself as our number one wide receiver. Um, now that, you know, isn't something to toot your own horn about because he's still probably a number three on a good team. Um, but Khalif Raymond has, has shown some flashes. Swift, we know what he can do when he gets the ball in his hand. Uh, Jamal Williams can run the ball efficiently, especially when the offensive line, you know, plays well and, and gets a good push. Um, but man, we just, we, we haven't been able to piece it together. And I just feel like until we can show everyone, including ourselves, that we can play a full game, you know, start to finish. And, of course, throughout every game, you know, some teams are going to have you know, some drives at stall or some, you know, make some mistakes here and there. But they still can play a quote-unquote full game and find a way to win. Until our offense can do that, I just don't think we're going to win a game at all. And this is, you know, just going to be a reoccurring kind of theme, I assume, throughout the season is, you know, Roller coaster up and down, you know, peaks and valleys of how we're playing. But the offense is is the best unit right now. The offense is the best unit on this team, and that's sad to say because they're just not not that good. So, like I said, I, a shorter episode today because I just there's I haven't 
being able to do much in terms of, you know, looking into more than I, I can just kind of speak from my gut and my heart right now. But I fully anticipate us to be 0-5. I would love for us to be 1-4, but I fully anticipate us to be 0-5. Going to be tough uphill sliding at Minnesota. Um, the offense is going to be the key, like I said, if we're going to win this game. Defensively, I don't expect much of anything. Um, hopefully, we just continue to put ourselves in better positions and, and don't get beat deep too often. Um, but let's see. Man, we're, we're getting to a little bit of a desperation time to, to finally get a win. And, and looking at the schedule, it's it's going to be hard to figure out. Um, I'm sorry if you hear people in the background. That's my girlfriend and her sister. They're very excited to be together right now. But, um, you know, looking at our schedule, I, I don't know when the first win is going to be. Uh, I, I really don't. Because it, it, right now, let's see, we, we again, lost to the 49ers. Lost to the Packers. Should have beat the Ravens, but lost to the Ravens. Um, now we got against Chicago. Lost to them last week at Minnesota. I think it's going to be an L. And then after that, you got Cincy at home. They're beatable next week, but Cincy's playing pretty good ball right now with Burrow and, and you know Jamar Chase. Uh, and then you got to go to L.A. and the Rams. That'll be a smackdown for sure. And then Eagles again at home. All that before our bye I mean, we could start this season realistically. Five, six, seven, eight, zero oh, and eight. I I hate to say that, but we could start the season zero oh, and eight, and and I just hope that's not going to be the case. But with the injuries adding up and the consistencies I'm seeing offensively, and you know this roster is what it is. Um, I just want to let you all know that's that is a strong possibility. So buckle in, hang in there, and let's go Lions.